0: Today, on Grace to the Hearers, with Pastor Eric Kluth.
1: Oftentimes, when somebody places their faith in Jesus Christ, it's it's a wonderful moment uh, where you just surrender and you know that God is calling you. And, And then you just say, out of faith, you know, I believe that Jesus is Messiah. I believe that He died on the cross for my sin and and you, you ask Him into your heart, you confess with your mouth that He is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you now have salvation, but then comes the, what's next? What
0: now? There's nothing more exciting than a brand new adventure, especially when that new adventure is Christ. However, there are plenty of us that have experienced the, what's next, right after our moment of salvation. In today's message, Pastor Eric teaches us what growth looks like in the Christian life for both new and long-time believers. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 8 for part one of his message, Freedom.
1: Hey you guys, if you would, open up the Bible uh, to John chapter 8. As we study God's Word this morning, it's a great privilege to study the Word of God. Freedom, right? A great freedom that we have in this country. Uh, God's perfect timing is awesome. God's timing is always perfect, amen? And we are blessed tremendously. We are very blessed here in the United States of America to have freedom to worship God and to serve Him and to pray together. As citizens of this great country, we have political and civil liberty, and it's a great blessing that God has given to us. And, you know, America signed the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776, that means that we have been a free nation for 239 years. Uh, many men and women have sacrificed their lives to give us this freedom. Many have just gone and just, just laid it out there for us to have this freedom that we celebrate. And to those heroes, I say thank you. Uh, I'm very appreciative of what they did for our country and for myself. And uh, they paid the price uh, so that we can have freedom and you know what? Since then, uh, there's been many men and women who have continued to sacrifice their lives uh, to give us this freedom in this country. And I, something that was just really placed on my heart this week is that uh, may we not take for granted the freedom that we have in this country. Uh, we are very blessed, you guys. And today, you know, if there is uh, there is great men and women who are currently serving in our country uh, overseas, uh, here in, in the States, you know, just protecting us, and uh, I, I just again just have a heart of uh, thankfulness for them. And so this morning, if you've served our country uh, in the past, I would just ask you if you could stand so we could just give you a, an applause, you know, and just uh, out of gratefulness. And so, thank you. Uh, you guys are a blessing. Men and women who have served our country. Truly a blessing. And so we're very grateful for you. Um, so, what does freedom have to do with Jesus? Uh, well, everything. <laughs> freedom and Jesus uh, is like chocolate chip and cookies, <laughs> it, they go together. And so, this morning, we're going to look at John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. And I titled the message Freedom. Again, here at Calvary Chapel, if you're new to the church, uh, we, we teach uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, uh, and it so happens to be that we are in a section of the Bible where it speaks about freedom. And so today we are going to see how we can have freedom uh, that lasts for eternity uh, freedom that doesn't have to wait till you die, but that can start today. And, and so uh, it's a great thing to remember. And so a qu- quick recap of where we're at in John. Uh, to bring us up to speed, Jesus has proclaimed that he is the light of the world, meaning that he is God. He's been proving uh, to uh, those around by sharing his testimony that he is God, And that is the message within the Gospel of John, that Jesus is God. And so today, in verses 31 through 32, we are going to see how you can become free. And then in verses 33 through 36, we're going to see that uh, you are no longer in bondage. Now, bondage is something to really understand, because there's so many people, uh, including believers, that are walking in bondage. But we must understand that there is freedom in the name of Jesus Christ, Okay, let's dive into it. Verses 31 and 32, it says this, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, Jesus is here teaching in the temple. He's continuing to proclaim the kingdom of God. And last week, as we saw, in verse 29, he spoke as he was giving the deity of of himself being God. He said this to the crowd in verse 29. He says, And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Now, as he spoke those words, it says in verse 30, that many believed in him. So right now in verses 31 and 32, Jesus is now speaking to those who believe in him, in his name. And so he is communicating to them by saying what? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus here, we see, is giving the what's next to the new believer, oftentimes when somebody places their faith in Jesus Christ, it's a, it's a wonderful moment uh, where you just surrender and you know that God is calling you. And, and then you just say out of faith, you know, I believe that Jesus is Messiah. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. And, and you, you ask him into your heart. You confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You now have salvation. But then comes the, what's next? What now? And and oftentimes, many people can stay in this uh, section of life in their Christian walk is the what's next. Uh, The Bible says, you guys, when you place your faith in Jesus, this is the, the first thing that happens, okay? When you place your faith in Christ... Uh, you are, number one, you're reborn, as it says in John chapter 3. But then Paul says in Corinthians, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So here you are. You just confess Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're a brand new creation in Christ. Brand new. Now what? <laughs> right? Man. Well, to kind of paint this example, when a baby is born, that baby's brand new, right? When you have a brand new child, when they come into the world, they are brand new. So what is next for the baby? Well, they need to grow. They need to grow. And they grow, in order to grow, they need to do what? Eat. They need to eat. And so they start with what? Milk. The babies start with milk. And sure enough, as a new believer you start with the milk of the word of God. The author of Hebrews wrote this concerning older believers, uh, but this verse has the principle of starting with the milk of the word of God. It says in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12, it says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to a need milk and not solid food. Yes, I know he's speaking to those who have been in the faith for some time, but yet they're in there it shows you as a new believers you need to seek the first principles of God, right? The the first principles of the oracles of God. You need the milk. And so when you're a new creation, you start with this milk, the the first principles of the oracles of God. Well, what are those, right? Well, number one, it's the gospel, really. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Uh, Jesus was raised from the dead and you will have eternal life. Those are your core milk. That's your, that's your whole milk right there, right? That's where the nutrition is at. It it just brings nourishment to you because that is the gospel. That is what has saved you. That is what has brought you to salvation for eternity is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right there. Very simple. It's exactly the same message that Paul, uh, Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. You know, when the, when the Holy Spirit fell on the church, he stood up in front of thousands of people in Jerusalem and he proclaimed, the milk of the word. And don't you know that by receiving the milk of the word, 3,000 people came to Christ that day. So if you think that the milk of the word is not that powerful, uh, it is. It's very powerful. It's what's changed your lives. And so uh, hold on to the milk. The milk is awesome. But there comes to a point when you are growing older in your faith that you need solid food in your walk. As Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story, right? And so we would need the rest of the story of what God is doing because God has given us this great, man, this book, uh, this letter to us of his love and great things that are in it to help us, guide us through this life, to help you deal with the what's next. And so just imagine if you consumed milk uh, from baby to adult, how healthy would you guys be? First of all, I would be dead because I don't drink milk. Uh, and so how healthy would you guys be? Probably not that healthy, huh? Uh, because you need uh, nutrition that food brings, OK? And so that's exactly what happens when we just stay on just those first principles of God. Yes, they have given you salvation and eternal life, but God has so much more for you in His word. Amen? He does have so much more for you in the word. And, and so by just staying in the milk, there is minimal growth in your life. Now, don't worry, church. You're not alone because the church in Corinth struggled with this as well. And, and and Paul addressed them in a letter and he said this. He goes, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. They were still stuck on just the milk, but yet God is calling us to, to grow in his word. And Jesus gives us in these verses in John chapter 8 and verses 31 and 32 what to do to grow. He tells those who believe to abide in the word, in his word. And the word abide means to remain in or dwell in. Uh, so if you want to be f- free spiritually, if you want that freedom spiritually, and you want to grow in Jesus Christ, then you must remain in the Word of God. You must dwell into the Word of God. And I say the Word of God that, because it is His words. It's not just a book that you pull off the shelf, another novel or something like that. The Word says that the Word has been inspired by God Himself. It is God-breathed. This is more than just a book. These are the words of God himself to you and me. And, and so we know that God is powerful. We know that he has a great hope and peace for us and a future to give us. And so you might thinking, well, great. All I have to do is read God's word. Do the words of Jesus. So all I got to do is follow the words that are in red in your Bible, right? Yes, the words in red are of Jesus and they are important, but remember back in our study in John chapter 1 that Jesus is the word, right? And that means that the whole entire word is Christ. It is God. It is it is oh, the King of Kings, man. It is the Lord, you guys, throughout this whole Bible. It's not just the words in red. Therefore, we must abide in the entire word of God. Now the results of dwelling in the word of God and the word of Jesus is what? We see it in verse 31. If you abide, if you dwell in my word, Jesus says, you are then what, church? My disciples. So if you dwell in the word of God, you will be a disciple of Jesus. Now, a disciple is a person who is a follower, who is a student of the one they follow, okay? And so Jesus says, if you abide in my word, then you are a follower and a student of mine. Now, that is that is the greatest thing that I've heard all day, because I am a student of Jesus Christ. And it, you as well, as you have that relationship with him, if you are abiding in the word of God, if you're abiding in Jesus, as we see, we'll see in weeks to come in John 15, that he says, abide in me, dwell in Jesus Christ, right? And so proclaiming that you are a disciple, proclaiming that Jesus is your teacher, then understanding then that you are dwelling in the Word of God. And so then when you dwell in the Word of God, it says in in uh, verse 32, when you abide in the Word, you're His disciples, then you shall know the truth. Well, truth is learning, right? And truth then leads to liberty, freedom, because it says in verse 32, it says, and you shall know the truth, learning, right, wisdom, And the truth, learning and wisdom, shall do what, church? Make you free. And so if you want this freedom, Jesus is giving it to you right here in his word in verses 31 and 32 of John chapter 8. He says, abide in my word, then the truth that comes from the word, that will set you free. And this is powerful news because, there, again, there's so many people who are living a life in bondage. But Jesus is saying, you do not need to live a life of bondage. That is not my heart's desire for you. If you want freedom, then abide in my word and the truth shall set you free. So what's next after believing in Jesus, right? You know, you, you abide in the word. You, you start getting into the word. But here's the thing, you guys. This is where I have a real hard problem in my in my heart is that many people come to church and they rely on getting fed by just me. Okay? Or whoever's teaching behind this pulpit. They come maybe twice a week, you know, a Wednesday and a Sunday, and and we're talking maybe 80 minutes of reading out of the Bible. And then from that point on, you go home and you live your life. And then you come to the point where you start getting hungry, and you're like, man, I'm not really getting fed at this church anymore. I'm going to leave because I'm not growing And so then the the shift then is focused on to the teaching behind the pulpit. But really, you guys, the growing in God's word is upon your responsibility. Uh, He is the great shepherd. He is the one who is going to grow you. I have the great privilege to kind of give you an appetizer, okay? And so if you're into a restaurant, you go in there and you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, not eat so much. We're just going to get an appetizer, okay? And an appetizer is not meant to, well, nowadays they're different because they're huge, but the the appetizer is just to kind of cover you over until your main course comes, right? It's supposed to be kind of small, like three or four items on the plate, and you eat that. Well, most of the time we eat those appetizers, and how many times do we say, you know, I've said it at Olive Garden with the breadsticks and the salad, man, I'm already full. I can't even eat my meal. But If you just left it at that, and you got up, and you paid your bill, and you went home, and then late at night, what's going to happen? You're going to be like, oh man, what's that gurgling in my stomach? I'm hungry. And then you go into your fridge, and you open it up, and you start eating everything in sight because you're starving, right? You start devouring everything. Well, the same thing goes to when you're reading God's Word. It's like if you're only getting fed an appetizer on Wednesday and Sunday mornings, then you're going to be hungry in your spiritual walk. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be starving. And then it could lead you to start devouring things that are not of the truth because you're just taking everything that sounds good to you and you're consuming it. But if you are in the Word of God, and you're seeking him, you know, you're dwelling in it, get the point, it's not just reading it occasionally, Jesus says abide, literally means to dwell in, like you're in it, it is a part of you, then you will be the disciple, and the, the truth then will set you free, it will feed you, and my heart, you guys, for this church, is that we would be a church that is like the Berean church, the Berean church, you guys, they understood the concept of constantly being in the Word of God and seeking out the truth. Paul, when he came to them, he, Paul gave them the appetizer. He gave them the Word of God. But it says in Acts 17, verse 11, it says this, And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. But here's the point. They search the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Not only does it grow you, but it, it arms you and protects your heart from false doctrine. Because if you're just going off of what man is saying behind the pulpit, then you can fall into false teaching, okay? And so by God's telling us, you know what? Yes, it's great to receive the word of God from gifted men and women who teach the Bible studies to other women. You can receive Receive that word, but you know what? Go home and devour it. get in there and start cutting it. get into the main course. What a great privilege that God has given you guys during out the rest of your week to devour the word of God, to dig deep and to just feast on the, the goodness and the honey of the sweetness of God's word. Man. I just desire just for in my own life to, I want more of that, you know. And so I would encourage you all to do the same, you know, to devour the word of God. And so it applies to your spiritual, uh, spiritual appetite, you guys. If you're only again coming once or twice a week, great. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're receiving the word of God. But you know what? I encourage you to take it deeper. Take it deeper and get fed. Get fed the word of God well, Jesus is telling us this morning, I truly believe that we need to abide in the word. And there's great passages that confirm this, you guys. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And then it says in Psalm 43:3, Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me, let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Psalm 19:8. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the uh, rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And again we'll see how the word of God will set you free here in verses 33 through 36. And it says this, "'They answered him, "'We are Abraham's descendants "'and have never been in bondage to anyone. "'How can you say you will be made free?' "'And Jesus answered them, "'Most assuredly I say to you, "'Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin.'" Verse 35, "'And a slave does not abide in the house forever, "'but a son abides forever. "'Therefore, if the son makes you free, "'you shall be free indeed.'" So here we see, as he proclaims the, the the news to the the new believers of the what's next, you know, abide in my word, the truth will be revealed to you, and the truth shall set you free. Then we see there's a group called they, right? Well, who are they in verse 33? Uh, are they new believers or the the unbelieving Jews? Because previously in the chapter, there was many people giving Jesus a hard time, not believing in, in what his word was saying, what he was speaking. And we're not told who they are, but it, 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 to my take, it would be the unbelieving Jew. Because here we see that they said that they question him. And, and they, they, they are wondering what's going on, you know, how can we be made free and so, later on in the chapter, Lord willing, <laughs> next week, we will see how even Jesus speaks to them, and he calls these people, or these days the seeds of Satan. So, uh, I would say that these are the naysayers coming in and, and speaking, but that is just my take. Uh, it, it really doesn't say, and it really doesn't matter, but that's just my point of view on that passage there. But when Jesus is presented by them. They say, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been into bondage before. Now, I don't know who they're kidding, but Israel, if they're looking past in their history, Israel has been in bondage many times. Uh, in fact, at this current time, they were in bondage under the Roman rule. And so they were not really speaking forth the truth and understanding where they were at, but they were speaking and saying, we were never in bondage. How can you say we could be made free? The point is, guys, is that the people who were questioning Jesus were looking at it as a physical bondage versus a spiritual bondage. And Jesus was ministering to the hearts of the people saying, you are in a spiritual bondage and my words can set you free and so he's communicating that to them and so here's the deal here in america we are free amen amen we're free we have a great freedom in this country but the reality is is that there are many who are in spiritual bondage there is many who are, are, are are just enslaved to sin
0: Pastor Eric Kluth's message today gave us a greater insight into the incredible life that Jesus led in his time here on earth. His life and death are the basis of the Christian faith, and we hope you've been encouraged in your faith by what you heard today. As we close this edition of Grace to the Hearers, we'd like to tell you how you can receive a free copy of today's message. Simply send an email to info at gracetothehearers.com and be sure to include today's date and where we can send you a CD. You can also call us at 520-723-7047 to speak to us in person. That number again is 520-723-7047. Be sure to visit our website as well to discover more about Grace to the Hearers, Pastor Eric, and what our goal is with this ministry. We'd also like to ask that you consider partnering with us in prayer as we continue to expand this ministry. Grace to the Hearers and other ministries like it are valuable tools that God is using to further His kingdom on earth. And we feel that God is calling us to reach more and more people with this broadcast. Would you join us in praying for this ministry and the people who are hearing Pastor Eric's messages? We are incredibly blessed to be able to share God's Word with you already. And we would be honored to have you interceding for us as well. From all of us on the broadcasting team, we want to say thank you for listening today. Join us again as we continue our deeper look at the book of John. Next time on Grace to the Hearers.